This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program for the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. Want to join the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode? Join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type B-A-B-E-L into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. This is Walter Koenig, Chekhov from Star Trek, and you're listening to Trek FM. Risk is our business. It's like nothing we've dealt with before. My golly, Jim, I'm beginning to think I can cure a rainy day. I can't change the laws of physics. Now in standard orbit, sir. Welcome, everyone, to Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated podcast to the original and new cast of Captain Kirk and the Enterprise. I am Zach Moore. I'm Haley Stoddart. And this week, we are talking about red shirts. That's right, guys. Uh, despite what you may have heard on Standard Orbit, I do like red shirts, uh, as long as they're in the proper time period. But uh, they're, <laughs> they're, red, red shirts, the term, right? It's become a staple in pop culture, hasn't it, Haley? Yeah, it definitely has. I mean, I think even people who don't necessarily watch Star Trek know the whole red shirt trope and... And everything. I mean, you see it everywhere. It's everywhere. Uh, even in Into Darkness, right? It became yeah. like a joke, like a meta joke, where he's like, Mr. Chekhov, put on a red shirt. He's like, oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think everybody gasped collectively, like, no, don't do it. <laughs> so, you know, we thought it'd be fun to, to, to talk about talk about favorite red shirt moments, you know, over the course of the series. And we'll talk about, you know, some some dumb deaths <laughs> you know because there's a lot of those to go uh and then some honorary red shirts uh you know re- people who weren't necessarily wearing a red shirt at the time but they served the purpose that a red shirt would uh so that so that'll be a fun and, then, and just kind of exploring this 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 myth of the red shirt right because this i like doing that on standard but this will be like doing here kind of re-examining some of the um uh stereotypes that the pop culture stereotypes of the original series that have come about over the years and um yes a lot of red shirts die on the original series let's not <laughs> let's not get around that but is it really as common as you think and the, like the percentages and all that we'll get into that fun stuff you know uh, much like you know captain kirk being a womanizer right yes he gets with a lot of ladies over the course of the show but there is a certain pop culture um understanding of it that that you see exemplified in say you know the first two kill timeline movies that i think is Kind of an egregious exaggeration of the character of Kirk, and and you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, so you're just re-examining exactly what happened in the original series, as opposed to what we all maybe collectively remember happening, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I liked the math of this. Too bad we don't have someone else on to talk about the math. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, math is not a character on this episode of Standing Orbit. So sorry, <laughs> Amy. But but yeah. So uh, I don't know. Haley, are you familiar at all with the YouTuber E.C. Henry? No, I, I, no, I'm 35 and 
I can honestly say I'm not a, oh, let's pop on YouTube and YouTube and just watch all these. You don't just stay up till three in the morning scrolling through YouTube? No. Oh, all right. Well, fair I'm enough. not of the YouTube generation. <laughs> My brother, on the other hand, yes. Me, no, not so much. So uh, EC Henry, he's actually one of my favorite YouTubers. He does a video essays, kind of mini essays, usually you know three to five minutes, give or take, on Star Trek and Star Wars. And uh, he actually did uh, a lot of uh, speaking of kind of the uh, pop culture um, remembrances of Star Trek and how they relate to the uh, Kelvin timeline movies. He's done a couple great videos, kind of exploring how people say that's not my Star Trek, bah! and showing you like, well, actually, if you look at what's going on in the movies and look at what happened in the original series, like these movies are more original series than. The original series movies were. So, you know, he has lots of videos like that. He talks about Star Wars as well. So something for everybody on there. But he had a very interesting video about red shirts. And he uh, he called it Red Shirts Are the Safest, Debunking a Star Trek Myth. And we'll put a link to this in the show notes. It's just a couple minutes long. It's, it's very interesting. What he did was he did the math on how many red shirts, you know, died proportionally and how many were in the show. Now, yes, the most of any uniform color... Uh, officers die if they're wearing a red shirt, right? But think about how many people are wearing red shirts and what the percentages are, right? So, so this these aren't exact maths. Like we don't we know they're you know around in Kirk's era there's around 400 people on the Enterprise, but we don't really know like we don't see every mission, we don't see every adventure, we don't know how many people die this or that. So, and and we're gonna spring off this for our conversation. But I just wanted to. Uh, give a shout out to him off the top. I recommend you guys check out the video and then talk about this math and we'll kind of dig into some of our favorite red shirt moments here. But what he did was he did the math for every landing party ever on on the uh, original that's, series. That's dedication. Counted, that is dedication. <laughs> I mean, that's 79 episodes. You know, how many people beam down? So this isn't even including like deaths on the ship because that's something we're going to talk about mm-hmm. in our conversation here. So that, that you kind of take that out of the equation because you, you, know, you like to assume you're safe on the ship, right, Haley? Uh... <laughs> Not on the Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> the Enterprise no. Well, you're safer on the Enterprise than you are in pretty much every other Constitution class ship as we've established on TOS. Yes. So you took every landing party, added up what officers were in what color shirts over the course of the episodes, and then to to not uh, skew the numbers, he did remove all of the main cast members, uh, Kirk, Spock, McCoy, Scotty, Chekhov, Uhura, Sulu, plus Chapel and Rand, recurring characters, because they would skew the numbers, because they're basically like immortal characters, right? So, and if you add in every landing party that McCoy and Spock and Kirk go on, that, that totally, like it's two blues and one gold almost every episode, that's going to skew the numbers. So based off his math, on all the landing parties, 10 officers in gold shirts beam down the planets on landing parties, 15 officers in blue shirts beam down the planets on landing parties, and 66 officers in red shirts a lot of red beam shirts. down on landing party. Now, I've seen the math. I've looked at it. If you had to guess, Haley, just, uh, you know, random guess, how many of each do you think died over the course of the original series? Uh, so out of the 10, out of the 10 gold uh-huh. shirts, how many of those died? What do you think? Um, I would say probably about half. If I'm not looking at the numbers and I, I haven't mm-hmm. watched the video... So our listeners know. Mm-hmm. So I'm not skewed. Haley is our control test here. I don't want to skew the numbers. So <laughs> I would say probably maybe half of the gold shirts. Okay. Okay. So half uh-huh. of the gold shirts. Uh, with the blue shirts, I'm gonna go with uh, maybe like three fourths. Okay. Of the blue shirts. And for the red shirts, I'm gonna say a lot. Hmm. I'm going to go with maybe 
I'm going to stick with three-fourths on that one, too. So 75% yes. red shirts, 75% blue shirts, and 50% gold shirts is yeah. what you're saying. Well, well, we'll do the math here. 40% of the gold shirts died. Four. Four out of ten. So yeah. they were close. Okay. 33% of the blue shirts died. So five out of 15. Okay. But here's the kicker, guys. Only 27% of the red shirts died. That's 18 out of 66. So percentage-wise, red is the safest color to wear when you're on the Enterprise. What do you think of those numbers, Haley? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Um, so in preparation for today, uh, I actually was doing some research, and uh, Memory Alpha actually had a thing, and I don't know if any of our listeners have seen it, but uh, there was a talk at the New York's Museum of Mathematics titled Star Trek, The Math of Khan, and they actually looked, uh, <laughs> just because I know about probabilities, uh, they looked at the probability that red shirts are more likely to die um, in TOS based on how many were aboard. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, surprisingly, based on the numbers, red shirts actually had not as high as what we would think, but that's because there were so many. There were more mm -hmm. red shirts than blue or gold. So based on that, you know, I think they, let's see, they said... Uh, 10% uh, total red shirts died um, with uh, security. Well, if you're security, I mean, really, let's face it. <laughs> uh, security was a uh, 20%. So really, there's just based off sheer numbers, there's not really that many. But we mm -hmm. have the trope of it anyway, right? Well, I think it's because they're so memorable. Yeah. Right, I mean that's part of it, and you know, and that's a good. Your 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 study showed like people that are on the ship, etc. You know, uh, EC Henry. Hey, thanks for the math, everybody out there, especially EC Henry. Shout out to you. If everybody, like I said, if anybody hasn't seen his videos, I guarantee you will enjoy them. So check them out on YouTube. Um, he kept it just the landing parties, and a lot of the deaths we'll be talking about today happened on the ship, right? So I mean that that completely is off the numbers there, but but yeah. So so let's uh let's delve into some of these very memorable red shirt <laughs> deaths now. Um. How are we going to start? Well, we're going to start with a tan shirt because that's my thing now, guys. <laughs> uh, tan shirts are my thing. The first real red shirt, and we got to know him a little bit, was Kelso and Where No Man Has Gone Before. right? He, he sets up the booby trap for uh, Delta Vega there, and he's talking to Scotty on the communicator, and they're having a good old time. And then we see this wire come up behind him, and it's Gary Mitchell using his ESP powers, and he chokes Kelso. Kelso is dead, strangled. <laughs> that's a line from the episode. And it's like, oh, I thought that guy was going to be a main character. Oh, well. But uh, that's red shirt death for you, and it's a tan shirt. So you know, guys, I had to get that in there uh, <laughs> on the on the second pilot. There you go. There, there's your first honorary red shirt death. And and if you keep going forward, now I know that's a little out of chronological order. You know, second pilot, air third, right? But here, here we go. The, now this is the kind of like dumb red shirt death I am talking about coming up next. We have the man trap, the first aired episode of Star Trek, right? Three people on this landing party. You got Kirk, you got McCoy, and you got Darnell, right? He's wearing a blue shirt, but he's an honorary red shirt because this guy, <laughs> this guy sees, you know, Nancy Crater like as a as a pleasure, uh, as a woman from Rigel's pleasure yep. planet, which is, you know, really insulting to someone's wife, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't think I'd want to be considered so that. So Darnell goes and follows Nancy Crater 
Uh, and it's part of the mystery of the episode, right? Because McCoy sees a young Nancy creator. Kirk sees a, an old Nancy creator because that's what they were expecting. And this guy had this, you know, had this woman on his mind, clearly. Uh, so, you know, she, she walks out. She's just kind of like a sassy kind of sway and gives him the, gives him like the wink guy to kind of follow him. And then he's like, he kind of, he kind of does a double take and looks around and follows her. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? First of all, this is someone else's wife. As far as you know, second of all, you are, you are on duty, sir. <laughs> you know, and you're going to go follow this woman out into the desert. Like if that is not like a, a siren song, I don't know what is right. So what, what did you think about this situation? And I'm not saying he deserved to die, but he deserved, I mean, he should have been a little more professional in my book. Cause come on, man. And he becomes the first red shirt, of you know broadcast order history of Star Trek, even though he's wearing a blue shirt, he gets assault sucked and he's dead. Uh, so, w- w- what's your thoughts on Darnell's uh, untimely yeah. end here? And you know, and I was going to mention this at some point. I just feel like so many of them, you just like really, they're not even paying attention, or or they are, but they're not really thinking it through. And you're just like, oh come on, Starfleet officers got to be smarter than this, right? Especially if you're security. If you're beaming down and you're supposed to be on duty or on patrol somewhere looking out for something because you've beamed down on this planet and something bad is going on, you'd think you'd be more aware and like maybe hyper aware and more alert of like what is going on around you and more suspicious of things and it just every time and I'm like, dude, dude, really? Come on now. Like, saw that coming from a mile away, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well yeah it's like if you if clearly this woman you're seeing is not is not the woman the other two guys yeah. are seeing and it's like you know it's like almost too good to be true right i mean well, you, it just, is. you beam down you, you think this woman's attractive you know and you're like oh she's, she's married somebody else but she's beckoning me out to the desert i guess we're gonna go to the the makeout spot over here behind these ruins or, <laughs> or something right it's like in high school go behind the bleachers or something right so uh i get sat a sat in for darnell we hardly knew thee but uh, I mean, come on, man! Start stop thinking with your glance and start thinking with your head, as Kirk says later in that episode. So, so he's dead. Um, and another uh, another blue shirt death because <laughs> these honorary red shirts, you know, they were phasing in the red shirts at, at this time. You know, Uhura was still wearing gold, guys. So she wore gold for the first couple episodes mm-hmm. of TOS. So, um, and it's interesting. I, I didn't I didn't like go out of my way to to pick non red shirts off the top. And you know, I'm just kind of going the ones that stick out to me most in chronological order. And it's a uh, Tourmalin in the naked time. And this is the guy. <laughs> this is talk about dumb, right? Talk about awareness. Everything you just described, Haley, is this guy. <laughs> because him and Spock, we all know the uniforms, right? The, the shower curtain cutout environmental suits, just embarrassing. Uh, they beam down to side 2000 to investigate why the science station has, has gone, you know, gone silent. And everything is frozen. The environmental controls have been played with. Um, so they start looking around, and, and Tormalin here, he gets, he gets an itch on his nose. So what do you do when you're in like a hazardous environment in a hazmat suit and you get an itch? You you, you take off your glove. Of course. And you scratch of your course. nose. Of course. <laughs> like, couldn't you have just rubbed your I mean, exactly. like, gloved hand on your face? Is that I mean, how would you have handled that situation? If it wasn't chicken wire across my face, I probably would just like rub my nose through my mask. <laughs> but apparently he didn't want to because it's chicken wire, right? And that's going to scratch your nose up, but... Yeah, oh my gosh. Well, and then he puts his hand around the console. Like, I'm going to check for this thing under here, but I'm going to put my hand over on this side, and I'm not going to look and make sure that there's nothing there before I put my hand there. I mean, I would put my hand on the floor to stabilize myself to look under a console, not on the others. Oh my, yeah. 
Oh, jeez. And he put the glove back on. I mean, you know, do your business with your scratching and push your glove back on. And you know, and then you know, he beams up and and then he, you know, he he's the first one who's infected by this virus. And he he eventually loses the will to live. He pulls a, he pulls a Padme <laughs> from from Star Wars, you know. Uh he just he's like, "I don't if men were meant to fly, we should have wings. Why are we even out here? Like he starts getting all these existential questions, and then you know, in in his surgery because he stabs himself with a with a kitchen knife butter from a galley. Like, come on, yeah, but not even like a no, it's a knife, butter knife. A butter knife. <laughs> it's a butter. Have you tried to cut yourself with a butter knife? You really have to be trying yeah. to do that. Uh, but then he just gives up on life, you know, during during operation. So, um, just come on, man. Like like th- these are. <laughs> These guys, not red shirts, but honorary red shirts in every sense of the word. So, not Starfleet's finest is what we're dealing no, with. No, which, if I, I go back to the point where if they are security, or as we, you know, we know they're they're not just security. Um, they're engineering, their support services. So, you know, communications administrators, yeoman. I feel like, really, come on, you got to be some, I mean, everybody's got to be Starfleet's best or, you know, close to it or they're, you know, they're able to grow and and progress to this. But I feel like, man, our security officers are just not the brightest bunch. And they should be because they're security. (laughs) What are you going to do? Well, not to keep, not to keep the non- this is the last one, I swear. This is my la- this is my last honorary red shirt. Everybody else, everybody else, we're gonna talk about at least on my end. Cause we're in a red shirt, okay? But uh, Gitano. Now Gitano, he's one of the officers on the Galileo Seven in the episode name, the Galileo Seven. Um, hey, so when you saw that title, right? Did you think it refers to the shuttle or the seven people on the shuttle? Because the shuttle is number seven. Hmm. What are your thoughts? Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. Just blew your mind, you didn't it? You did. I? You threw me. You threw me for a loop there. <laughs> you know, I never really thought about it. I I think maybe I I I will say I think at this point I'd already been listening to uh Shameless Plug Five Year Mission. So I knew it was about hmm. seven people on a shuttlecraft. So by the time we got to the episode, I didn't even realize that it was the Galileo Seven shuttle. I knew there were seven people on the shuttle. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a takeoff of the Magnificent Seven, right? But it's the Galileo mm-hmm. Seven. Or or the Greenville Seven, for those community fans out there. <laughs> Best comedy of all time. But anyway, uh, th- lots of people die in this episode, okay? Uh, not all seven of them make it back to no. the Enterprise. It's like the Galileo Four, I think, by the end or something, or maybe the Galileo Five. But uh, Gatano is the guy I want to mention, because this this is one of the images that always stuck out to me in their original series, right? Uh, there's these there's these monsters on the planet on Taurus too. These, these they and their size kind of uh, fluctuates depending on what scene it is. But these big hairy kind of you know Bigfoot like yeah. monsters. If you had to you know compare something um, on in Earth terms, and so like he's kind of cornered by one, and then it just slowly is walking toward him. You get this kind of POV shot, you know, and he's like ah ah ah, and I'm like come on man, run away. Like, the monster just slowly like lowers his hands, and you hear her scream. We go to commercial. And it's like, dude, like, he, it seems to be a pretty slow moving <laughs> alien. Can you like give him a juke to the left or right, or try to get out of yeah. there? But it just <laughs> no. He just sits there and like frozen in terror. I, yeah, that one was. Oh jeez. Yeah, where's your Starfleet agility training? Exactly. Win? But uh, anyway, I mean, hey, it's scary. I'm not gonna lie. But I'm gonna scream and run at the same time if I'm that yeah. guy. So 
anyway, so I, you know, I've been talking a lot here, really. I've talked about a lot of non-red shirts. I've yet to talk about one red. I know. Shirt. So what's up with that? What about how about you? <laughs> let's 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 get some red shirts going. What what what's a what's a very memorable? In, you know, any order. I was kind of going early TOS there with the non-red shirts, but like, what's what's a very memorable red shirt death to you uh, when you were doing your research for this topic? Mm, I, you know, the one that sticks out to me is uh, Yeoman Leslie Thompson, and she's the you know she's the first female red shirt that dies. You know, she's we see her and she gets turned to the little cube and then is turned into dust, and you're just like that mm-hmm. for me i think that one is just really memorable because it's like wow you know yeah it's in by by any other name mm-hmm. you know the andromedans they turn i don't know what i don't know what it is they haven't watched that episode in a while i forget like what it like if they turn you into like if they remove water from your body or something like what their little device does but that little that geometric crazy shape is that was very distinctive and and very uh very unsettling because it's like they just crushed yeah this, exactly this you person. know and she's just turned to dust and it's just and you're like wow like Okay. Okay. And that's you know that that's really the opposite. I mean, we were talking about some silly deaths there. Like this is like legit. Like this is haunting. Like I remember seeing this as a kid. I was like, oh my god, that's scary. Because you know, I mean, that's the whole. Uh, you know, it's the genius of like, how do you take over the Enterprise? Well, they have this device that turns you into a, a weird cube mm-hmm. or something. Um, but then to to have some somebody to think about the fact that they can just crush something the way you would crush like a, a beer can, right, or a styrofoam cup, or it's it's very unsettling. And uh, and that, that that is to to me as well. That's one of the most haunting images. I in, think in TOS, and, and there's some weight. Yeah, to it, I too. think for me for that one, that's the only one where it's it doesn't seem somewhat ridiculous and silly. Like, I don't think that one fits the trope that we all know of red shirts always die. They're, you know, kind of stuff like that. I think that's the only one that is just like, wow. You know, at least in TOS, anyway. That's the only one that just kind of hits you and just makes you think that it, it doesn't fit this this idea of red shirt deaths because they are usually just, like, ridiculous or silly and you're just like really how'd you die from that or like you know, yeah i don't know if that's us looking back on it like because you know when you're you kind of take it as face value when you're a kid or whatever like oh yeah the, oh no the security officer died but looking back on it knowing the trope the myth yeah. right of the red shirt and you look at you just cannot help it like oh there goes yeah, another one exactly um like uh, like like a perfect example. If you've seen like the kind of this is a meme online or a GIF or or demotivational poster, you've seen this many times. And this is uh, you know what it is here when I when I mention, but it's O'Harely. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. I had to look up a lot of these names on Memory Alpha because you know these guys don't have names in the episodes, or if they do, it's like blink and you miss it. Um, but he's the guy in Arena that gets vaporized by the gore. So like whenever you see like a, a you know a meme about a red shirt. There's a good chance it's going to be a picture of this guy getting vaporized, and uh, he's a guy that says, "Captain, I see something." Ah! Yeah, <laughs> and then he just gets turned into nothing, and it is kind of co- it is comical in the um, in, in the lens you're looking at it through. But I, I will say, like, whenever people get vaporized like that, I do find it very unsettling because there's like there's nothing of that person. Like you yeah. can't even like bring you your you know bring somebody their dog tags or their combat mm-hmm. right the equivalent to that. They're just they're just yeah. gone. You know, kind of like, kind of like the bum in Sitting on the Edge Forever, right? He vaporizes himself from McCoy's phaser, and I'm like, whoa! Like those deaths, did I mean in the same way? Not exactly the same way because it's a lot more visceral to see someone crush mm-hmm. someone like by any other name, like Thompson. But when these other officers just get vaporized into nothing, I'm like, oh my gosh! Because um, even in later episodes, like the Changeling, uh, Nobad starts going around vaporizing, you know, 
uh, officers into nothing. So did that, did that not twinge your at your heartstrings, Haley, when you saw someone just snuffed out of existence? Like I mean, that? it does, you know, and and those are kind of along with Thompson's. I think those ones are just they don't necessarily hit the trope. They're close to it, but at the same time. Sometimes you're just like, they are really actually doing their job well, like you said, with the Changeling. Oddly, only one of them, do we know their name? Carlisle. The other three, we don't know their names. You know, they're just doing their job, and they're actually doing their job really accurately. But then, yeah, then they're just, they're gone. And there's not even, like, a pile of dirt, you know, or, or anything. Mm-hmm. It Like, with... Um, and see, I don't know names either. Uh, the one that dies in, oh, in the apple when he gets hit by the lightning bolt. At least there was like, mm-hmm. there's like a pile of like remains left on the ground. So at least there's something, but just to be gone. Yeah, it is a little scary. Now, the apple is one where a lot of people die. Yeah. And. That one does become comical because you got guys like running through the forest. Oh, and like, he steps on the rock the that blows. Oh my he steps gosh. on a rock and it blows <laughs> up. Another guy gets hit by a lightning bolt. It's like, oh my gosh. Uh, it, it's like a comedy of errors of those guys. Um, now, Kirk Now Kirk does start to take it pretty seriously. You know, he's like, we came down here, it was paradise, and now people are dying, you know. And that's something that, that I want to reframe too when we talk about this. Like, the show itself, like, Kirk really took it seriously when he when people died. Like, even the Mad Trap, right? He's like, he's like I've lost a man. Like, he's really upset about it. And he wants to find out what happened, especially when he does, you know, it's a mystery, you know, what's going on? Like, well, what's causing these things? Um, so I think it's important to show that, like, even though, you know, we laugh about it now, like, you know, it, it, Kirk did as a commander and that's like, you know, his crew, he's losing yeah. people, you know, that's a, that's a big deal. And, you know, that, not to be taken lightly, but uh, it's kind of like, um, you ever seen The Departed? I don't think I have. Okay. Major spoilers for The Departed. I'm not going to say character names. Right? I'll forget anyway, <laughs> but, so it's Okay. <laughs> Like at the end of the, at the end of the movie, right? Um, there's like three or four guys, and there's been all this death through the whole movie, right? Uh, but you get, and again, you can, well, I'm not gonna spoil it. You want to spoil it? You can spoil it. It's okay. I promise. Okay, By the time right. if I do get so, around to watching it, I probably won't remember. So, so at the end of the movie, spoilers for The Departed. Skip ahead one minute if you don't want to see this. Hear spoilers for this movie that came out in 2006. Okay, it's a very good movie. I recommend it. So, um, it's about crooked cops, Matt Damon, and uh, Matt Damon's a crooked cop. Leonardo DiCaprio is uh, a double agent, right? He's a cop that goes undercover to expose um, the bad cops. Uh, So, DiCaprio has Damon, like, handcuffed. He's taking him down an elevator, right? Elevator doors open, boom, gunshot out of nowhere. DiCaprio, dead, right? You're like, oh my gosh. And then we've seen a lot of death up to this point, like in this whole kind of scenario. And then like it was another goon, another guy working uh, with you know Matt Damon. Matt Damon, they didn't know who each other were because it was like you know dirty cops and stuff. Uh, so Matt Damon's like, hey, hand me, uh, throw me the uh, the the keys, right, to the to the handcuffs. So he so he gets the keys, like, oh yeah, give me the gun too, right? And then he shoots the other guy, <laughs> and like it was like a moment of like catharsis, like oh okay. Yeah, I, I remember the theory, like you laugh at that because you need that because it gets get it just get it just starts all this death gets so overwhelming you just start laughing at it. So anyway. That's how I kind of see the apple, right? It's like you get flowers shooting at people. You know, it's like, this is <laughs> this is crazy. Um, yeah. Another one would be obsession, right? It's obsession. A lot of red shirts die in mm-hmm. obsession. Uh, that one definitely played for, for drama because it kind of tied back into Kirk's guilt of his past and uh, 
And yeah, that, that's that's a classic one where whenever you see like these articles about red shirts, right, and you get these wide shot of all these guys in red uniforms, like dead, and, and they're discolored too. So that's a that's a really unsettling uh, image as well. Yeah, huh? yeah, definitely for sure. Yeah, the so Hendorf is the one that gets uh, killed by the plant. Hendorf, who is Cupcake in the Kelvin <gasps> timeline? That's Cupcake. So. Oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome. That's Cupcake. There, there is a uh, in the IDW <laughs> comics. Uh, there's actually a tie-in where, where you know, because they retell certain episodes. Uh, he lives, obviously, in the, in the Apple, um, uh, in, in in the IDW version, because we see him in all three uh, Kelvin timeline movies. Now, I believe his scene was uh, cut and beyond. I think uh, he was in like one of those crowd uh, cr- crowd scenes, but you know, when all the when all the crew were kind of on mm-hmm. the planet and stuff. Um, he was actually supposed to die on Kronos in Into Darkness, but they cut that, which is good because who doesn't love Cupcake? Yeah. Right. And I'm a big fan of him. Uh, <laughs> I'm a big fan of him from uh, the actor uh, was was in a great uh, ESPN TV show called The Playmakers uh, in the early 2000s, and uh, so it was cool to see him again. Anyway, Hindorf. Yeah, I, that one. I'm just like, dude, really? This flower starts turning towards it you. Slowly Let's turns go towards you. towards the flower that just moved. Because flowers are supposed to move. Like, oh come on now. <laughs> yeah, no. Wait, you have all these deaths, and we're talking about ridiculous ones and being vaporized. You know, talking about uh, going back to the changeling and Nomad. You know, it's a good thing Nomad didn't vaporize Scotty, right? Because let's not forget, Scotty dies in the changeling. Mm-hmm. So he was, <laughs> Spock was not the first TOS cast member to, to die and come back to life. Because, um, like, oh, my God, he killed Scotty. He's dead, shit. And then he's like, oh, you want me to fix him? And Kirk's like, yeah, go ahead and fix him. <laughs> so he brings him back to life. Um, I'm glad he just shot him with some energy instead of, you know, uh, vaporizing him. Because I don't think he could... As, as sophisticated as Nomad was, you can't do the you know the undo button on that when you vaporize yeah. someone. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely not. Yeah, well, and I mean, it wouldn't be the same without Scotty. Well, see, even Scotty, guys, was not immune to the red shirt curse, right? Uh, and Uhura, you know, not that she she didn't die in the changing, but she get her mind erased. That's pretty bad. <laughs> so, I mean, the red the, the main character red shirts were. were you know, under some tough stuff in uh in, in that episode of the changing. So Nomad did not like the red shirts, but. Uh, Getting back to one of the more fun, ridiculous deaths, um, we have Grant, security officer in Friday's Child. And, I, of course, I looked up his name, but when I remember, I was like, oh, yeah, the Klingon guy. <laughs> because this is like the opening of the episode. They beam down to uh, Capella 4, and uh, and then this, this Klingon comes out from behind the, the, the Capellans, and the guy's like, the Grant, he says, Klingon! <laughs> <laughs> One of the Capellans throws a, a dagger right in his heart, and he dies right there. It's like, dude, again, professionalism, composure. Exactly. It's just like, okay, let's pull out a phaser, um, you know, and and fire it at something that we don't understand or we don't know how it works. Let's let's do that, you know. It's just little things. That you're just like, yeah, no, security. You should be trained better than this. <laughs> yeah, when you see an enemy, you say you yell at the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't know. It, it was a funny moment. I don't know if it was like, like I, they had to have seen that and be like, uh, can we? Was there another take we can use? You know, I mean, this is the second season, yeah. right? So I mean, they were still it wasn't the third season. They weren't like you know rushing through things. It's the second season. Can we get another another take of that? Maybe. I mean, that guy was like a day player. I'm not gonna blame him, but <laughs> it was just that out of all the things in that episode, you know, McCoy slap or uh, McCoy getting slapped by Julie Newmar and then him slapping her back. Yeah. That's very amusing. So that, and then the Klingon guy. That, those are the two things I remember most about about that episode. So. Uh, yeah. 
But then, you know, switching gears back, we're, we're trying to keep it balanced here. You know, we don't want to get too, we don't, we don't too light, we don't want to get too depressed. But switching it back now, very unsettling death, right? And the children shall lead. Terrible episode. Terrible episode. Worst one of TOS, in my opinion. Uh, Brandon, Shay, Mattel, and I did a uh, commentary on it. I don't know what episode number it was because, as you know, I'm terrible at that kind of recall. But I believe it was called a selfie stick for his tricorder. So you guys go look that up. Brandon and I had a lot of fun talking about that. <laughs> but there, there is, I mean, there's some dark stuff yeah. in it. I mean, you know, these kids dancing around their dead parents' graves and all that. But uh, one of the most chilling ways that I think to die would be, literally chilling, no pun intended, would be that uh, these two security officers get beamed into space by accident because they think they're still in orbit around Triacus. And then they're like, that Spock and Kirk are in the transport room, like, what, what's going on? And, and they, they kind of read the... And Spock just kind of pushes the, the non-Scotty, non-Mr. Yeah. Kyle transporter guy out of the way. <laughs> like, no respect for those guys, right? He's like, oh, clearly this guy messed something up. But Spock's doing all the the, uh, the readings, like, sir, we are not in orbit around Triacus. And it's like, ooh, so those guys... Like, have you seen... Uh, all these, I'm, all, I'm all about these these movie and TV <laughs> show references today. Hey, sorry, I don't know, the pop culture coming out my ears here. Uh, ever seen uh, Mission to Mars? Uh, No. Not on that one. Yeah, so there were there were two movies about Mars that came out. It was like 2000. One was Red Planet with Val Kilmer and Carrie Ann Moss. That's the better one. Uh, then there's Mission to Mars with Gary Sinise and Tim Robbins, right? And uh, Tim, there's some, uh, all these spoilers too, guys. 18 years ago, all right? Just look it up, right? Tim Robbins, like, like he needs to like uh, die for the rest of the people to survive or something like that. So he takes his he takes his helmet off in space so they leave him behind and then he like immediately freezes and dies and like oh my gosh that's that's probably like that's a lame movie but like as far as realistic depiction what would happen if you're in you know space without any kind of protection that's exactly what happened to you yeah so, aside from um, you know hopefully death wouldn't be from no oxygen and and freezing at the same time yeah I, I i would agree that would be the worst way to go like seriously of all these deaths I'm gonna say that one's probably the worst. Uh, I mean, the, the cloud in obsession, like suffocating you, is bad. I mean, we're sucking out your red blood cells. Yeah, <laughs> you're basically, you know, basically suffocation, right? But the comp, the one-two punch of suffocating and freezing. <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm gonna give it to uh, to these guys who could be in this. Yeah, yeah, that definitely would not not be a good way to go at all. Well, and you know, you have to wonder. Um, I wonder with like Thompson, I mean, clearly I don't think, obviously because we just probably assume that she was not aware that she was being crushed to death. But if like, if you think about it, like mm. maybe she still had some awareness going on, that mm. would be awful. Like, no thanks. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, what, yeah, that is a question. Like, like, I don't think you even talk about that. Right. When they, when they read, no. you know, materialize people, they don't say like, Hey, so like, did you, did you like, yeah, you what was exactly. going on or were you just like. It was like being asleep with not with no dreams. You know, you're just completely off. You're in sleep mode. Uh, who knows? But uh, even then, so, your brain would still be kind of aware of like what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, any other red shirt deaths or any kind of crew deaths, and even honorary red shirts? I know, I know, I I kind of front loaded the conversation <laughs> with honorary red shirts, but any that stick out to you, even in the even in the movies. I know we we were kind of focusing mainly on TOS because that's where the trope is. But uh, any other major deaths that kind of stick out to you because everyone's after wrath of Khan, everyone's a red shirt yeah right? exactly <laughs> uh you know i don't think necessarily death but like just moments where you're just for me it's also just those kind of moments where you're just really dude come on let, let's think about this 
for a little bit here before before we do this. So um, for me, uh, and I'm going to look because I know I think I found his name or I was watching the episode. Uh, yeah, so Wilson from The Enemy Within, he's in the transporter room. And we'll count him as a red shirt because he's got the red funky suit on. Uh, oh yeah, see what do you see? That's a whole other category that E.C. Henry and these other studies didn't even th- the guys in the, uh, the utility yeah. suits. Yeah. So uh, you know he is either just walking down the hall or he purposely goes to Captain Kirk's quarters. But of course, it's not Captain Kirk; it's the Imposter Kirk. And the Imposter asks Wilson for his phaser, and he just goes. He kind of looks at him for a moment, and then he goes, "Yeah, sure." Like. Really, if it's the captain, he's got his own phaser. He's not going to need to ask you for one. And you know there's an imposter on the ship. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. he gets knocked out and brought in the quarters. And then Imposter Kirk goes off. So it's just like, oh, come on, man. Really? Like, you thought about it for a moment. So clearly you were questioning it. Maybe you shouldn't have given him the phaser. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, that's a very good seat. A a dumb redshirt. Exactly. Yeah. Uh... I think it's just, yeah, little moments like that where it's just, oh, come on, really? Let's think about it. Just think about it for a minute before you go and do whatever it is or, yeah. Let me clear this with Mr. Spock first. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think another one, the security guard in Way to Eden uh, doesn't see the guy sneaking up on him. Maybe you mentioned that one. Did you mention that one? It's been a long day. I don't know. No, no, go uh, ahead. Yeah, no, go, he just go with that one. Easily gets overtaken because he's not even paying attention, and it's like again. Well, is, now is that when they're listening to the groovy music? Uh, he, I, no, he's um at this. He's at uh the brig, and they come. Oh, okay. Well, dude, then there's no excuse. He is there. listening to the music because obviously they're playing it like throughout the ship, and he's kind of like mm-hmm. jamming out, and he just yeah, gets man. like you're, knocked you're out. You're gonna cut off a good tune, like, you know? Wow, really, Kay? You're guarding this dude who's supposed to stay in the brig. You know. Uh, Really, really, come on! I mean, he didn't die. You ever been caught caught up in a caught up in a good tune, Haley? Come on. Um, occasionally, but usually, but I'm even then. I'm still when, aware when you're charged of... with guarding a dangerous criminal <laughs> in a detention yes. area. You haven't been like just listen to your iPod. Yeah, just, you know, yeah, totally jamming, gonna do you know? that. <laughs> no. <laughs> And, you know, the J.J. films and the Kelvins, I would still call it that. You know, I go back and forth because for, you know, the first uh, eight years, we didn't have a yes. name for it, right? Um, so uh, they, they have carried on the tradition because let's have a moment of silence for Chief Engineer Olsen, right? <laughs> Chief Engineer Olsen. Olsen. Dead, sir. <laughs> He's in. Obviously, he would have been wearing red because, you know, because he was Scotty's predecessor. He's wearing a red spacesuit. And he's like, I wanted to kick some Romney on the ass. And he flies right into this. <laughs> Right into this, uh, uh, you know, the the mining, you know, beam or whatever that Narada has, because he's like, "Bolson, you shoot," and he's just again dumb. Yeah. Right. We had instructions. Pull the shoot now. He's just being like a, you know, he's looking for. He's just so caught up, right? Yeah. He's so caught up in the moment uh, that he doesn't pull the shoot right, and he pulls it too late, and he gets pulled into the beam, vaporized. Right. Way to go. So I think I think that's a perfect uh, pin to put on this conversation, like the combination of dumb and death. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is Chief Engineer Olsen. And, uh, and hey, job opening for Scotty, so it all worked out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think it worked out perfect with that, too, just because he had the uh, explosives. Yeah, of course. Of course, of course. he does. You have the most important job. <laughs> you have the most important job. Dumb and death. 
there it is. So, oh my gosh. So anyway, I uh, I look forward to continuing this tradition in uh, future Kelvin timeline movies. Uh, you know, and, and again, Discovery, right? Everybody, everybody just wears blue, at least for now. Mm-hmm. So there isn't really. You know, I'm thinking about the TOS era. Will, will we see this? Will be, okay, again, win me over, Discovery. Have a red shirt die. <laughs> There's not even supposed to be red shirts. You know, uh, we'll keep an eye out for that one. If somebody, if a red shirt on the Enterprise dies on Discovery, then uh, that 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 that'll make some more fun memes and and, and whatnot. And you know, it just it just wasn't the same when we move forward to like the TNG era. They had green shirts, right? I mean, uh, nobody calls them that. You know, even when when, when you have those officers die, you still call them red shirts, you know, even though the division changed to green. Like, oh, that red shirt over there, you know? Well, gold. Yeah, gold, green, yellow. It was it was like a goldish yellow because the green kind of... It's a bust, It's a mustard the, color. The a mustard green was kind of like so. science because sometimes the science would be, like Beverly would be kind of more like a teal green color. That's true. Yeah, they, they, had, some, they had some trouble with the, the yeah, materials <laughs> and stuff uh, there for a while, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing. Yes, lots of officers continue to die throughout Star Trek, but the, nothing is more memorable than somebody in a red shirt getting hit by a bolt of lightning, or a, a laser blast, stepping on a rock. or being killed by <laughs> stepping on a rock. You know, uh, being vaporized by a robot. You know, beamed into space. Th- these these are why we love the original series. So, well, talking about red shirts is the only thing. We've been discussing this week on Trek FM. Here's a quick look at what you might have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm. To the journey! You really did reorient my thinking about the mess hall. <laughs> now I need to rewatch every scene with the mess hall and, and try to visualize Neelix's kitchen as the captain's dining room. I just assumed that when, when she said, this used to be my private dining room, that she meant the whole mess hall, like the entire room that they're in. <laughs> that would be gigantic. How have I watched Voyager for what is now 23 years and not realized this? Warp 5. Gerard, why are you laughing at Gerard? Just miss. It sounds like, you know, an, an obnoxious nickname for like a rap star or something. I don't See, I'm picturing he's like on on uh, Kronos, he's like the representative for Targ Subway. <laughs> you see, I, that's... that's that's where I would have went with it. Not not obnoxious rapper, but guy who lost lots of weight. Literary treks. To me, and and I kind of thought this more as we got further into the book. It really felt like a narrative computer game almost, where you find all these clues and you visit these rooms, and then you have to visit the rooms again and all that. And we'll get into the main plot of what they do later in the book. But yeah, this setup, I love the mystery. I'm really enjoying like what's going on. What's what happened here? Earl Grey. Disagree that Nemesis is the worst of the TNG movies. I would put Insurrection and Generations at the bottom way before Nemesis. Like there's times when I actually prefer Nemesis over First Contact. Um, You can send me the hate mail later. I love... Stunned silence follows. (laughs) I love Nemesis. I think there is so much good in it. There's so many good themes. And I just... The action and the philosophy and the characters. And I really... I really do love everything about Nemesis just as much as I love everything about First Contact. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. 
So check out these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcast. If you're an Apple user, get the show on iTunes or the Apple Podcasts app. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. That helps us out greatly and makes it easier for other listeners to find the show. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Stitcher, TuneIn, Speaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and of course, you can stream and download the MB3 file from our website and grab the RSS link as well. If you would like to get in touch with us here at Trek FM, you can always find us on trekfm slash contact and look in the sidebar on the show page. Or you can go to speakpipe.com slash trekfm and please leave us a voice message. We haven't had one yet, so we'd love to hear from you. You can also look contact us through Twitter at trekfm, Facebook at facebook.com slash trekfm, and the Babel Conference. Type the Babel Conference, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook or go to our website at trekfm and click discussion on the menu bar. Another way you can help us keep all of our shows coming to you each week is to become a patron of the network on Patreon. If you visit patreon.com slash trekfm, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm, you'll find our current goals and different milestone contribution levels along with all the great perks we have for you. These perks include early access to content, exclusive content, producer credits, seats on our content development team, and more. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. Speaking of Patreon, thank you as always to our associate producers for Standard Orbit. They are Norman C. Lau, Nick Anastasio, Tim Robertson, Richard Marquez, Corey Elrod, and Dan Rhodes. You guys, uh, your, your contributions, your help, your support mean the world to us, and we appreciate you being associate producers on Standard Orbit. So to find me on the interwebs, you can find me on, Babel, on the Babel Conference. I'm there all the time, or you can find me on Twitter at BostonSCPO. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at MoronZach. That's M-O-O-R-E-O-N-Z-A-C-H. I'm also the host of my own podcast, Always Hold On to Smallville, where we talk about all things Smallville, the young Superman show that ran from 2001 to 2011. And also, you can find me on the Babel Conference uh, complaining about things that uh, I don't like and praising things that I do like, because that's what we do as fans. So I look forward to talking to you all on there. What about you, Haley? Yeah, you can find me. On Twitter, I am Trekkie01D. I know some people like to call it Trekkie10D, but that would be incorrect. I am not on that one. You can also find me on the Babel Conference. I am enjoying uh, chatting with all of the listeners as I am new to this, but it's been fun. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and join us again next time here on Trek FM for another episode of Standard Room. 